Dark save for light being cast from the big TV screen and the imminent sunrise that's teasing the one starry sky with whispers of morning. George, how are you? I am well, Mr. Lyons. How about yourself? Doing good. It's weekend time. It's those things you're supposed to say in small talk because that question is actually rhetorical. Yeah, yeah, no, it, the, the weather's nice or bad or somewhere in between. Hey, actually, we, 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 we did have a tornado warning the other day, so that was kind of a bummer. How about them local sports teams? Oh, yeah, I really like the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> the Atlanta Falcons did really well the other day. That's that's a joke that is a that's an excellent like kid adult joke because as a kid you're just like that's silly and then as an adult you're like the FCC is weird. <laughs> <laughs> no, what, what did wasn't there a Family Guy one where uh, where like they break down the door because Peter Griffin's recording the NFL? It's like do you have the express written consent of the National Football League and ABC? Just, just ABC. ABC, yeah, and they shoot his TV. <laughs> Or, or the one where Homer says, like, you know, there's a boat out there broadcasting the NFL with only implied oral consent, not <laughs> expressed written consent. <laughs> uh, anyways, yeah. so video games. <laughs> so video games. Uh, let's see. This time we played uh, Super Metroid mm -hmm. for the Super Nintendo, which I have to say that this was bound to the weight of this was bound to come crashing down on me eventually. But you look at your your game library and you're you're thumbing through it or you're you're running through the titles in your mind or you're searching for them on Wikipedia or whatever it might be and if there's a thousand games on the Super Nintendo 950 of them start with the word super yes oh, <laughs> like absolutely just, i just imagine what it must have been like to work in a blockbuster when the Super Nintendo was like in its <laughs> heyday and you were like okay we have like two games that start with a we have like three B through like T and then there's no like Y and W and then just every other shelf is S. Like, what they would probably do if they were smart is just, you know, like basically instead of having the normal A, B, C, D, they just have that. But it's for the second letter, you know, <laughs> <laughs> or for like the next word, like super. It's like, yeah, fine, super. But what what, what comes after that? So it super becomes the in there you go. alphabetizing <laughs> yeah yeah so so this would have been like metroid comma super, comma super. you'd yeah. have mario world comma super i like this yeah yeah no, so that's that's headcanon accepted uh, <laughs> no because I, I think that like every time they they would say well we need to make a new metroid game okay we got a good metroid game now what what, what do we call it we call it metroid 2 the metroidning no, i don't know I don't, I don't really like that super metroid <laughs> incentivize that employee you know <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, well, because there was so Metroid was the Nintendo one, and then I think there was a Metroid two, which was on the Game Boy. I want to say that sounds right. And then I agree. Yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> With the, continuing our trend of dedicated research, um, <laughs> and then Super Metroid, which is Metroid three, which I think they also sort of like half did with Castlevania, because Castlevania four was Super Castlevania four. 
which hmm. sort of implies that it's Castlevania Four, but superfied, like in some yeah. significant way. So it's hmm. yeah, the naming convention on Nintendo consoles has forever been. I don't know. Maybe it makes more sense in Japanese. That's po- maybe this is like an American problem. They they <laughs> they bring it over and they're just like I don't know, just put Super on there. So Super Metroid, uh, it's the third Metroid, I guess, is Metroid. But uh, this. I want to do just like a quick backgrounder because this is another gaming term that I, I'm interested to see if you know. Um, have you ever heard the phrase Metroidvania? No. I did not think so. So the Castlevania, like especially Symphony of the Night, which was a PS1 game, mm-hmm. and then uh, a game like Metroid or Super Metroid or Metroid 2, if that game existed, which I think it did, Um this is a very specific style of game, Metroidvania, where mm. you have like a big map and you don't know where everything is and there's lots of hidden secrets and you do a lot of backtracking because like there's a, your forward momentum is is barred because you don't have some item and you get an item and then you can go that way. And so it's it's this is a very like now well entrenched uh, style of game. Interesting. And, uh, we were talking in the, the pre-show, and uh, if I recall correctly, you had never played this game before, right? I, I had never played this game before. Uh, no, I have played a couple of the Castlevanias. Um, so I was, I'm, I'm, I'm familiar with the title. I'm familiar with, you know, obviously, I mean, Samus was one of my mains in in Smash Brothers. So, you know, love, love Samus. Um, followed some of her career, especially some of the highs and particular lows. Um, but... I did not know that this was mechanically so disjointed from like a game like Mega Man X. And so I can tell you that I hated it. (laughs) (laughs) So like, so so I'm I'm wondering, did you also feel that way about like the Castlevanias you played or did you play some of the really old Castlevanias that weren't quite this backtracky explorer-y? I, I don't remember offhand. The, the ones that I played, that I, I don't remember doing a whole lot of backtracking, but I also remember almost exclusively dying. So I don't know if I just didn't get to the point where I would backtrack because I just remember dying a lot. But no, and <laughs> and I'm glad that you mentioned it. It's like it's, it, it is because I was just saying, I'm like, I like Mega Man. Why don't I like this? And the, <laughs> the backtracking actively stresses me out. Like... It really, it it just, it is an additional layer of stress on a game that I just don't don't like at all. So that definitely colored my opinion of the game. Yeah, no, that that's that's fair. And so here we'll we'll do our normal, even though yep. you know we we've now uh, what do you call it? Bearing the lead, we buried the lead. Um, yeah, a little bit, but but we'll, but you know we'll we'll talk about the mechanics and stuff because I feel like the the mechanics are really what make a game like this super unique because any game that is like this if you know the term metroidvania you would call it that and if you don't know that term you would say this game is like super metroid or this game is like castlevania like it's a very particular play style but uh we should probably talk about the other pieces before i let you (laughs) crap all over it (laughs) so you you have to at least admit the visuals are spectacular i really liked the visuals so a couple things. Okay, so a couple things on the visuals. I, I liked them. I did. Um, I thought that they were very serviceable. Um, they were definitely on par. With, <laughs> yeah, no, very they, they, serviceable. They had a great personality. No, um, 
I, I definitely think that they service the mechanics very well. I thought that those two things were coupled very, very nicely. The thing that I didn't care about the visuals was there were a number of things. And okay, so so full disclosure, I didn't get very far or <laughs> as far as I would have liked to on this game because I had a I had a series of unfortunate events hit me in a in like about an hour into both like all three of my play sessions hmm. and like and they were just all three of them rage quit moments so it was just kind of <laughs> like I, I i just couldn't get past that but that being said so that I, I got about maybe a third of the way through it um and and then i went went online and and watched somebody else get through it so i could speak to the, the whole visuals of the game because i was just at my skill capacity um but uh i, I think that the visuals were good i just didn't feel that empowered by them you know and so to juxtapose them to like a game like Mega Man right is even before you're all powered up because they they both have that mechanic of becoming more powerful over time like getting power-ups that stick with you right yeah yeah new weapons new armor exactly um so all that same but even still like you know when you get like like with Mega Man, you get the Buster charge shot, right? You like charge up and like you see like all of this energy like pouring into you and then you release it upon your enemies and 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 they explode in pieces everywhere. And that's really cool. And when Samus fires her shot, it's like bloop, bloop. <laughs> and then she'll charge. I'm like, oh yeah, no, now we're charged. And it's like slightly bigger bloop. It's a bad guy. The bad guy goes, ooh. Uh, so in that sense... Like, the visuals were very good. They were very detailed. I, at no point, had any qualms with where I was or what I was trying to do. But I didn't... They didn't feel spectacular, you know? So I will... I agree with you that they don't feel super empowering and super spectacular. The the caveat I will... And, and I have to admit, I really love this game. And I've replayed it many, many times before this playthrough. Um, so I'm I'm gonna try not to do a whole lot of uh uh what do you call it um where you like explain something away on someone else's behalf oh man it was like right there on the tip of my tongue but anyway that thing where you oh it's um like apologizing it's i don't mm. want to be an apologist like a super metroid apologist um but i'm gonna so here we go <laughs> so <strapping>. <laughs> but like so the 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 general theme of these kinds of games and this one in particular because it's like this dank like sci-fi universe is uh you are not empowered you are alone and things are scary and literally the entire world is against you and and you're on like a foreign planet that's just full of aliens that super hate your guts and like the environment is hostile in a lot of cases and even as you get more powerful, your ability to survive the environment improves, but you never really become more like threatening and spectacular. You're always just kind of like, okay, I need to survive this environment. Like you get a suit that protects you against lava. So like now I have the lava suit and you look a little different so that you know you have the lava suit on, but you're not like, whereas like Mega Man X is like becomes more like impressive and like stands out more and more from the environment because you become like stark white in Mega Man X. And like, yeah, that's not really, that's not how Samus kind of rolls, hmm. which fits the, the mood, I think, but that's, it, it is different, right? Like when an enemy explodes, you don't get a satisfying, like, yeah, I destroyed an enemy. And I think there's an argument to be made that it's because like, well, they'll just be more enemies. It's interesting because 
Okay, so I like that. I like that as a as an explanation as as an explanation for that. But where I would say, and, and one of the things that we did mention in the pre-show is this is going to be our first, you know, uh, couples quarrel on on the show. So so we we, <laughs> we we are going to probably disagree on a number of different things, and that's okay, you know, like because now we can exemplify. <laughs> how to disagree about things and then not, you know, hate, hate the other person forever. There are billion dollar news empires where two white guys yell at each other about something. <laughs> exactly. And that, that bums me out a little bit, but moving <laughs> on, <laughs> just got to pass that. Um, yeah, no. So uh, I would say that the, the reason why that didn't hit home for me, because I do really like horror aesthetics, you know, I think that, um, the idea of like disempowerment in a safe space, I think, is um, is very useful. I think it's very interesting. I didn't get that from this, and I think that with a couple of minor tweaks, they could have pushed me in that direction of like the you're cold and alone, and nobody loves you, and you know like, <laughs> <laughs> nobody's nobody's coming to help you or anything like that. Um, because like so narratively, it kind of you know right at the beginning there's a it's really text heavy you know and then yeah that is so yeah sorry finish no so i, I so, i'm going to try and rein in my apologist because like i can feel <laughs> it like welling up in me i, I just want to keep being like no you don't understand no, you don't get it man <laughs> you, nobody gets it no so the, the only reason why i say that is I'm, i was fine with that being text heavy but my point being though is that the game clearly doesn't shy away from the use of text as exposition right so my counterpoint is that is literally the only time that happens. Right. So what I'm saying is that if they're okay with that, I would have been, I would have been okay with a couple of other times, like maybe a, something, you know, like a sign or something or, or just some text kind of like reinforcing the fact it's like, you know, nobody's coming to get you, right? You know, like, <laughs> like if, you know, for instance, you land on your ship and maybe like the text comes across like, you know, static crackle, like we can't hear you, you know, and then like, oh no, my ship can't get away. I would have, maybe gotten that more like i'm alone here but a couple of times i got up like because you can backtrack to your ship and yeah. i was like i don't have to deal with any of this i could just leave <laughs> <laughs> so th this isn't a justification but this is if anything it's it's almost a, a an additional complaint yeah. which is uh, this game is third in a series, and it is a progressive story. Yes, and I kind of got that. A, well, and 100% of that exposition at the beginning is literally just recapping the first two games in, like, a paragraph each. So I think there's maybe an argument to be made that someone coming to this game could enjoy it with literally zero of that background knowledge, but because it it is actually the next chapter in an ongoing story, they chose to do the like last time on Dragon Ball Z, and and it's like it is weird because that then never ever happens in the entire game, which I like because I find that opening crawl once you know the story to be incredibly dull. It's like watching nobody rewatches Star Wars for the opening crawl. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty confident making that assertion, <laughs> right? Now, so now all of a sudden you're going to get like tons of hate mail where it's like, <laughs> I'll have, you know, well, actually, you know. I met my wife during the opening crawl. <laughs> I proposed to my wife. <laughs> 
I proposed to my girlfriend during the opening crawl. My wife was very upset, but that's a really important memory to me. <laughs> but I mean, this, so this is, you know, if you didn't play those games, then you're kind of like, oh, okay, s- s- story. Thank you. And if you did play them, you're like, yeah, I know I was there. And if you've played Super Metroid before, you're like, yeah, I know I was there. So it's, it is, it's not ideal, but I understand why they would choose like a least, that's the least terrible option because if you leave people completely in the dark, that isn't good. And because Samus is alone and because she community, I mean, she's a lone bounty hunter and to have her communicate with other people just to give you story would be obnoxious. And they tried to make a Metroid game where she has a strong inner dialogue Ooh. and it was, yeah. So, so if every, like every once in a while, when you went in between two rooms, she was like, this reminds me of the last time I was here. Like you would kill yourself. Like that's not, so it, it's, it's true. Yeah. So the, the opening crawl is like, it drags and it, it kind of, you're like, all right, I get it. There's other ways you could have communicated this information, but it's, with the hardware power that was available on the Super Nintendo, it feels like the the least terrible option. So, but one of the things that that I think that where they could have inserted a little bit more narrative to again drive home the the isolation theme, um, because and again, I think part of the reason why I didn't get that too is there's a lot of games that have similar you know like mechanics and aesthetics. Um, that are about empowerment. So I just immediately like kind of like aligned myself with that. And I was like, I don't feel powerful. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> um, is so the game does have beats whenever you get new swag, right? Mm-hmm. So anytime you get new swag, it has like it's little music and it says like, you know, press X to do thing yeah, A. To whatever. do whatever, yeah. Right. And I thought it was particularly odd that it retells you, even if you're getting like, so you get the missiles and it's like, use the missiles with B, you know? And then you get another one. It's like, use the missiles with B. And you're like, wait, still? Yeah, some of the worst Legend of Zelda games also did that. Yes. Like, it's a bad video game trope. Just, it's like, how is this, how do you not believe that this is the same person who picked up the last six missiles? (laughs) Like, do you really think, like, every room they're handing the controller off to a new player who's never seen the game before and doesn't know what's going on? Like, yeah, it's not great. And it's not, you can't, like, skip it or advance it. Right. So what I was going to say is that, like, when you pick up the first one, be like, you know, this is how you use missiles, whatever. When you pick up the second one, if they're going to do those, since they do those beats anyways, I don't think that those beats were game-breaking or even really immersion-breaking, is just give you like a quick little body of text. Like you could either be like doing the internal monologue. I don't really care for that. Or like talking to your ship's AI or something like that. Just some, somehow giving like a a short, like two sentence, maybe bit of exposition to, and it could just be something of, you know, like, like, you know, Samus, you know that nobody's ever survived being on this planet before, just something like that. And and even you could even make it like quickly skippable. So if I'm just like button mash spamming a, it just pops up and then goes away. Cause it's like, I don't care, you know? Um, something like that, like I said, and, and it wouldn't even, I don't think personally for me, at least I would have even needed more than like one or th- between like one to three of those little clips of just, you know, like, Hey, don't forget you're all alone and you know, nobody's coming for you. And you're against a sea of things that ought to kill you. That would have kind of like just driven that point home of like, Oh no, I'm not supposed to feel powerful. But as it stood, I, was in my mind this was closer to like a Mega Man X game which is about empowerment and when I wasn't getting that feeling I was just kind of like why you know so that's so 
So someplace I feel like the, and again, it's a little difficult for me to separate the fact that I, I know what they were going for as well as the fact that I've played this game like a bajillion times, but, uh, the place the if I had to pick the one moment where they communicate to you that you are, it's like you against the world and not in a good way is the only other humans in the entire game are dead. They're, Mm. they're horribly murdered. So like when you go into the space station in the little like opening level, there, there are people in that room and all of them are dead. They're in like bloody heaps on the floor. And then you never see another human again, ever. Mm. (laughs) And, and, and most of the monsters, like there's those stupid little crawly monsters and stuff, but like a lot of the enemies you fight are like bigger than you and like threatening and they move faster than you can. So there's, there's a, a juxtaposition between like pretty much everything that moves that isn't you tries to kill you. And the only other things that looked like you got killed by those things. In fact, <laughs> if I recall correctly, there's one boss room that right outside the boss room, there's like these little, you see them a few different places in the game. They're like, they're, they're supposed to be almost like moths or like flies you know, like alien flies. And when you get near them, they usually fly away and it's not that big of a deal. I don't know if they indicate something specific every time you see them, but this one time you see them, they're like weirdly clumped in the middle of the screen. And when Mm. you get near them and they all fly away, there's a person who looks a lot like you in like space armor, but it's like gray and they're like in a pile on the floor. And it's like, they could have maybe done more of that kind of thing, like more dead humans or, or some kind of statement about how like, humans don't normally come here and if you if those beats are presented to you in a really obvious way like i just did then it's like oh well totally but there's a lot of space haha between (laughs) the the dead scientists and that one you know marine or or bounty hunter whatever that you see collapsed like and being eaten by space flies so it's you know is everyone gonna necessarily stitch those things together maybe not yeah, and and that's the thing is like I said because there's just there's hmm. I feel that for a game that is set in a you know kind of like space you know kind of aesthetic, especially during this era, um, that that I I personally could have used a little bit more um, emphasis on the survival horror as opposed to the empowerment because you know a lot of the games that have that sci-fi now. A gothic aesthetic like Castlevania, you know, that's really easy to be like, well, this is a horror game because it's got vampires and ghosts and it's set in medieval times. And this is obviously a horror game. But most other space games that I mean, I mean, even that we've played are about empowerment. You know, it's about like it's it's me against all of the aliens or me against some of the aliens or most of the aliens. But it's you know, it's about blowing up all of the aliens. So. <laughs> I said, I, I just didn't pick up on the, and, and I'm not saying that it was like mass veiled behind a thousand things. Because when you said it's about survival horror, I was like, no, I, I see, I definitely see some of the places where they were going for that. You know, like when you mentioned it, I just wasn't able to pick up on it on my own, you know? Right. Yeah. So. And it's, it's kind of a, I, I would say survival, survival horror almost feels too strong because it's, it's more like survival exploration, like Samus is confident in Samus's ability, but you as the player are very aware that you are alone. No one is coming to help you. Right. Yeah. And, and it's so there, there's this kind of, cause I don't think there's any part in the game where you should feel 
terrified, but there are parts of the game, like there's this one monster you beat and it falls into this acid pool and then its skeleton like jumps out at you from the wall and collapses into a pile. And so you kind of have a like, like, you know, like, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. You like point your gun at it and maybe take a few shots at nothing because it's sort of like a cut scene so much as games of this era had them. But it, but it, 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 it's that reminder that anything that moves that isn't you is probably trying to kill you, but not in the I'm a super powered robot here to save the day. It's just like, oh man, that thing almost snuck up on me. So it's, it's, it's like survival and exploration. Horror feels a little like even the later games where they had access to better graphics and things. I don't think they're really going for like alien, you know, it's not like it's not scary aliens trying to kill you, but it's definitely not. I'm a superhero. Everybody get the hell out of my way. It is. It is closer to alien than it is to predator. Yeah. Yes. So, and, and that's, and that's totally fine. Like I said, I, and, and I think that the visuals were good in the sense that they were, you know, they, they stood out. They, they, definitely serviced gameplay because I at no point was I just kind of like, Oh God, this thing killed me for no reason. Or, <laughs> you know, I totally thought I was going to make that. And then I didn't. Um, the only uh, exception to that, I think. And again, this, so I think that, that the issues that I had with this game, I'm more than willing to say, like, I don't think that this was a bad game. I think that this is not my game, even a little bit. I, and, and so, especially as we're talking through it, I'm realizing slowly but surely that this is like a perfect cocktail of not my game. Because <laughs> like the, you know, like I said, like I like horror, you know, or, or survival games, you know, um, of that nature. But right when you layered that on top of like the exploration mechanic that I, I hate, you know, like I just, <laughs> just like, oh God, you know, like I don't, no, no, no. So, um, but one of the things that they did that, is very common in an exploration type game that I also don't like is um, so no, there are sometimes no visual cues as far as destructible environment. And yeah, (laughs) so this is, there's really no way to talk about some of these visuals without considering the mechanics because they, they rely a hundred percent on each other. They are perfectly coupled. Um, But <clears throat> there are um, times where once you know, like, oh, there's a in a completely nonsensical little pit over there. And I bet if I go into that little pit where the rest of the ground has been completely level or, or had like a normal grade to it that I can drop through or there's a hidden thing. And they try and teach you that in the beginning of the game because like one of the first things you do is get the morph ball and then you get the bombs and it like shows you like this is this is kind of how you're going to have to move through this environment okay buddy like sometimes it's going to look like normal wall but it won't be sometimes there's chicken in it wait that's castlevania <laughs> <laughs> you know but like sometimes you're going to have to sort of guess and then by about midway through the game you have so many different ways to interact with the environment that they actually give you a tool called like the x scope yeah which which shows you if the environment is either transparent or destructible, and if it's destructible, what will destroy it. But you can't use that thing while you're moving, so mm. it becomes one of those things where like, you have to suspect that maybe this is not a dead end, and then bring out the scope and be like, oh, if I use super bombs, that part of the wall will explode. I was using regular bombs, that's why it didn't explode. But... If you don't like games where it's super exploration heavy, that becomes tedious alarmingly fast. 
And so it did because base. And again, like I said, you know, not not my game mechanic, not my my, my not my style. But I think it was when <clears throat> you hit the pink area, right? So there's like the blue area, and then like the green, grassy, whatever area, Brinestar, right. Bri- I think. Yeah. And then after that, there's like the red area, and the red area was where I kind of hit my wall a little bit, <laughs> um, both literally, as I'm about to explain, and figuratively. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so like you fall down this thing and and like you're just like on the ground. And I was just kind of like, okay, now what? And then I just kind of ran around and then it, it, I was just like, oh, right. I'm not going to know. So I just shot wildly in every direction until I <laughs> shot the floor and the floor dissolved underneath me. I was like, oh, it was the floor. But I, I, I just didn't really feel clever. I just felt kind of like I'm just going to... <laughs> I'm just going to burn this whole place to the ground and then see see what, what remains, you know? Well, and here's why I can see that this would be additionally frustrating because there are parts where, like, there's this one room near, I can't remember the names of any of the areas, there's this one room outside of New Jersey where, like, mm-hmm. you're, you're about to be near a watery area and two little enemies, as soon as you enter the room, come shooting up out of the ground. And if you're not really paying attention, you might not notice that, but the game never lets an enemy go somewhere you can't go. So mm. if they come out of the ground, that means you can go into the ground. So like there are really good cues when they feel like using them that <laughs> where the, the the visuals are like, hey, this might be different. Or like sometimes uh, the camera will or won't pan and and if you're paying very close attention, you're like, oh, that was odd. Or there'll be, uh, instead of the ground being solid or the ceiling being solid, you'll notice that the, the background has continued beyond where you can normally see. So there are times where there's like super clever visual cues that you're like, yes, if I am an explorer and I am looking at every little detail, I would see that and then I would start experimenting and I would figure out what I what I either need to do or what I can do based on my current like tool set. And then there's a handful of times where it's just like I had to tr- I happen to trip and fall, and then the MacGuffin happened, and I realized I could go down that hallway. And th- right. then you feel kind of cheated because it's like, no, I know you have all these awesome tools to educate me. Now, now educate me. Yeah, <laughs> and, and and like I said, you know, if if I had the, the explorer gene and, you know, like I, I might think it's like, Oh yeah, no, let's, let's try this. And no, let's tweak this. But I was like, I was like, no, I just want to, I just want to go see, I just want to go to the next place, you know? And then, so yeah, I didn't, I didn't really care for, for any of that, especially because sometimes they did give you visual cues and, and sometimes they don't. And my big issue is that because I'm used to like rely, like, so if they don't give me a visual cue and they don't, um, uh shoot what's it called uh gate gating mechanic like Mm, they don't gate me in that area in a game like this i'll backtrack all the way back to the beginning because i assume i missed something so at at the beginning they're good about that like hey the only way to get out of this area is to learn how this thing you just picked up works but by the time you're about halfway through you now have enough tools that you can explore a wide enough area that sometimes they let you wander out of the place you have to be in because otherwise it would be super, it would just be a series of set pieces instead of a slowly expanding world. But that does eventually mean, and actually I was playing this afternoon. So this happened to me today (laughs) where I was like, I know what I need to do. 
I need to get from here to there. By the way, the map in this game totally sucks. The map is so freaking useless because <laughs> there's no distinction between a, doll, a door and a wall, and I really, really hate it. Um, it's like one of the few Same. visual elements where it feels like it was drawn by a child. <laughs> but I was like, I know I need to get from here to there, and I know I can't progress through that area until I have this certain item, and I know that this item is in this particular part of the game. I have no idea how to get from here to there. And I was like, I just traversed it, and yet I'm looking at the map, and I have no clear indication of how to get back. So th there are times, like, even having played the game a bunch of times and being able to tell you, like, oh, you can't go through there until you get this, and then you need super bombs to do that, I was still caught myself being like, uh. Yeah, and the one, the one other, like, and this speaks to visuals, and there's another place where I got kind of game mechanic punched in the face, but it's, it's closer <laughs> to game mechanics than a... Uh, than, than visuals but one of the other like places where i felt a visual cue was lacking and and part of this was just bad luck but basically i'm you know, i'm jamming around you know and I, I found out there's two types of people chumps and those who get the s laser <laughs> because once i got the s laser the game became a lot more tolerable <laughs> yeah the, um, the starting gun is i mean it's not even little lemons that mega man fires it's 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 worthless yeah. And so like once I got the S laser, I was like, oh, 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 here we go. So that was helpful. But the S laser is a super pain in the butt to get to. Right. Um, because wall jumping is monstrously bad. Oh, but look, God, it's the worst. Yeah. Let's not let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> so so then um, so, you know, I got the S laser and then yeah, I'm jamming around and I go into the next area. I go down to the there's a you know area off to the right you can go to. So I go into the door, and generally speaking, when you first enter a room, it's a little bit of a safe space. You know, like you you've normally got at least a couple of seconds before something comes in and like like wails on you. You know, <laughs> and so I enter the room. Now I should have paused, but I didn't. I just you know turned to my left, grabbed it, grabbed my drink, and then turned back to my right, and I was dead. <laughs> The reason why I was dead was because when I walked into the room, I did notice that the hue of the room was different, but I'm like, oh, well, I'm in like fire world now. So that's totally Oh, cool. yeah, you were in Norfair. <laughs> yeah. And as it turns out, the room that I walked into is on permafire and immediately kills you pretty quickly. And yeah. the last save they offer you is decently far away. And that was one of the places where I had to just put the controller down. I was like, you know what? Let's just. Let's take a beat because that was because then I knew I had to go back and get the spread gun again or whatever the S laser and uh, the the laser this <laughs> yes yeah and and I was just kind of like yeah that 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 I felt like I just got like punched in the face for no reason you know and you yeah, know like I said no I I feel you on that because it's that's another one of those things where it's like that's actually. Well, there's kind of two times that that happens. So there's the the super heated area, which mm -hmm. is where you were. And then there's also lava. And you eventually get a suit that protects you against the superheated area. And then later you get another suit that protects you against the lava. Mm. So it's kind of the, the mechanic of the air kills you is a little frustrating because the air kills you yeah but you know i mean it, yeah, like I said, you only learn that lesson once and then you're like oh, yeah. oh sometimes the air can kill you and i think that one of the the things that so you know aside from just the fact that i don't like this particular style of game i do think though that this type of game is much better for somebody who is going to throw hours and hours and hours at it because the exploration mechanic gives you a 
ton of stuff to explore, you know? And if I was like saying, you know, Hey, I'm going to sit down and throw my Saturday at this, you know, I'm, I'm 12. I've got all my homework done. And I'm just going to play this game until my eyes fall out of my head. Like that death would not have been very frustrating because it would have set me back about five minutes, you know, which is not great, but I got nothing to do all day. So I'm just going to, you know, plow through it again and, you know, enjoy playing the game and replaying and all this sort of stuff. Whereas for me, I was like, I, I, I want to get further so that way I can speak more educatedly <laughs> about this game. And you just bonked me for no reason. Why did you do that to me? I, I, I have to play for another like 10 more minutes in order to get back to where I was. And so, you know, that I think where you're coming from, like mentally, as far as why you're playing the game does play into it. Yeah, yeah. It, it definitely does. And and just a, a thought I want to make sure I get about visuals. And, and I don't mean this to be hand wavy, but um, there's, well, it's, I think you could say a lot about like the enemy sprites and that, uh, there are, there is some palette swapping. It's not a hundred percent unique enemies. Um, but it's a lot of unique enemies. There's a ton yes. of unique sprites and every boss is like super unique and super Absolutely. beautiful and scary. And, and I think that's, uh, that helps drive that exploration is that when you go into a new area, there's like new kind of exciting enemies that you got to deal with. And sometimes they move really weird. And sometimes they look sort of like another enemy you've seen, but then they do something like dramatically different in, in like their movement pattern or their attack pattern. So the, the visuals in that sense, um, as well as like the background changes and sometimes the air kills you like it, it does, <laughs> ma- it does make going into a new area or going deeper into an area a little bit more compelling. I mean, if you hate this kind of game layout, like there's nothing they can really do for you, but it, it's not for I, me, but it's, I felt it, like, like every time I entered a new area, I was like, Oh, I mean, you know, like now I'm underwater now I'm in like beach zone or you know whatever green oh, yeah, green, green hill act. No, I mean, yeah no it'd be like if somebody said like you know, like you know this is the best tasting whiskey ever and it's like well i hate whiskey so you know <laughs> like it doesn't doesn't matter I, yeah but i 100 percent agree with you the the enemy models are incredibly varied there like you said there's some palace swapping but not to the point where it ever really impacted me and i thought the theming of each of the different areas was really impressive you know so like you said like you know there's you know Norfair was that? Is that I, right? I think I think it's Norfair. Yeah, N O R F A I. I don't know. Whatever. New Jersey. <laughs> yeah. So well, it, it's all on fire. So it's got to be New Jersey. Well. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah. So so New Jersey, and then I guess Schenectady, right? You know, like <laughs> so Schenectady is completely overrun with you know plant life, right? And then you've got Canada, which is like nice and cold and breezy, and then you've got uh, New Jersey that's on fire, but each of those different areas, which are the areas that I got to, um, did have very distinct visuals. The enemies matched those visuals and that was very enjoyable. I absolutely love that. Just, you know, so in that sense, the visuals were amazing as far as how they serviced the feeling of empowerment. I thought they fell short, but that's because that's not what they were trying to do. So they can't be faulted for that. So, so the one thing I want to make sure I ask you about visuals, because this kind of relates to the mechanics we've been talking about, <clears throat> is uh, did you get to did you get super bombs? No, but I saw I saw the player player two get super bombs. I'm going to call him player two. Whoever, Pl- player whoever two. was, yeah. Okay, so did you see player two uh, go into the water area, which we'll call Florida? 
Yes. Uh, no, I did not see him go to Florida. Okay, so there's th- this is I think like an a, a debatable like oh is this a strong enough visual cue or is this kind of BS because uh, there's this area that literally the only way to access well the only way to access it the first time and then there's other paths in and out but uh, there's a a screen that you go on where you're in like a clear tube like a basically a, a clear cylindrical hallway mm-hmm. and that tube is obviously underwater and there is obviously room to go up and down but there's no indication of how one might do that and the way you do that is once you get super bombs you can lay one and it explodes the tube and That's then you can... it is but just because it's the only glass tube in the game, does that automatically make you think, what if I blow this tube up? Yeah, and again, you know, I think that the more that we're discussing it, the more I think that the visuals are keyed into somebody who is going to make this a 20 to 50 hour experience, not somebody who is trying to make it like a five hour experience to like beat the game, you know? Which just as an aside... So for people who this is a, a popular like a lot of Super Nintendo games, this is a popular speed run game mm. because you don't have to go everywhere and there's a whole host of power ups that you don't even need to beat the game. You need most of them, but there's a bunch you can skip. Right. So if you know exactly what needs to be done, you can actually beat the game in about three hours. Yeah. Like even I haven't played it in gosh, probably four-ish years now, maybe a little less, maybe two, three years. And even I was able to get 85 to 90% of the way through in like four hours and not trying to like blaze my way through. So right. it's it's one of those things because like there's little nooks and crannies that I'm like, I'm not going to go over there because I know there's nothing over there. Like I don't, I don't need to see what that part of the wall looks like. <laughs> One other thing I did want to touch on about vid- visuals, and then I'm I'm out for visuals, is um, <laughs> there was one baddie, and they, this is one of the ones that they do do a palette swap on, but I think it's because of the mechanic I'm about to say. Um, the fact that they, they're firefly monsters, whatever, uh, but they, if you kill them all, then the room goes dark. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I like that. I thought that was a really kind of, because, you know, like, I walked in. And, you know, I just, you see a bad guy, so you shoot it, and then the lights get a little bit dimmer. And then I, like, shot two or three more. I'm like, it's pitch black in here. And so I left the room and came back, and the lights were back on. I was like, whatever. And I shot another one. It's got a little bit darker again. I was like, oh, I see what you did there. I can't kill all of them. I should only kill the ones that I have to kill in order to progress forward. It's like, that was that was clever. I liked that. So Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of subtle reminders that you can interact with the world and you are not going on a, it's not a Disney ride, right? Like you're not going to see the world the way they want you to see the world. Like you're a participant and sometimes you can change things. Like you can smash through walls and you can blow stuff up and you can, you know, shoot out the lights, but they don't really go back to some of those wells. Like those fireflies appear in like two rooms Yes, and it's just, there is like a reminder, like, you you can interact with the world like don't don't forget you can interact with the rest of the world and like the the tube explodey thing like there's lots of places where you use super bombs to blow up the wall but it's like super obvious because 
you either hit it with the wrong thing and then it literally shows you the super bomb icon mm. or you once you get the scope the scope will show you the super bomb icon so it's it's clearer like we're we're telegraphing what we want you to do cuz you went this far to try and guess whereas like with that glass tube it's like no you just have to guess like we're not going right. to tell you there's no indication that this is what you should do the only indication is this room looks different than every other room so maybe pay attention to it which is I I could you could make a really strong case that it's like well obviously it's a game about exploration and they keep telling you you can interact with the world shoot stuff at it till something happens, <laughs> um, but I could also see someone saying like no they, at no point do they ever tell me I can interact with glass and this is the one and only time I use that information. I, I would argue that again if and I didn't I, I did get to that tube I didn't get but I didn't get the super bomb so I never right. had to blow it up. Um, but I would make the argument that if this, if their intention is, as it seems to be, to do a make a game for the fifty-hour player, I would say that them not telegraphing it is okay because, you know, you you've gotten thirty hours into it, you know, you've explored most of the areas, but you just can't quite get to this one area, and so that you you know double back and you're like, I feel like I should be able to do something in here, and then you finally do it and blow it up, you'd be like. <gasps> Oh my gosh, that was amazing, you know, and then like, and then that would be really cool and a really great experience. But for somebody like me, who's looking to just beat the game casually once, I would be very frustrated by that because I'd be like, well, how in the hell did you expect me to know that? You know? Yeah, yeah. So, that, it is a good indicator when either it's poor game design or that kind of game is not your type when you you know, I mean, in the modern era, you go on like game facts, but in the old days, like you would call your friend and you'd be like, how do I do this? And they're like, oh, you have to, you know, it's you jump and then you walk through the wall because part of the wall is transparent. It's like, how would I have known that? And it's like, oh, well, they figure out you'll eventually get frustrated and you'll just do dumb stuff. And it's like, yeah, that's bad. <laughs> it's bad design. <sighs> yeah. And I think that one of the places where we we have gotten spoiled is that in the in the good old days like there were games like contra or something like that where you know it's supposed to be like a 10 20 minute cycle cycle time right you play you sit down you play it and you either beat it or you die and then you move on with life right or they have games like this or you know like the rpgs jrpgs things like that where it's like no 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 you're 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 in this for a substantial portion of your life you know like <laughs> Like this isn't something you're going to play casually once and then go to go outside. You you don't you don't go outside anymore. Outside is lost to you. Like, and now because a good game I could think of as like an example of one that has both elements is um, uh, oh, what's the name of it? Um, that game you'll never let me play. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a link to the past. No, no, dude, we played Doctor Mario. I I hate everything you love. <laughs> Or, or um, more specifically, actually, I think uh, one in the more modern era would, era would be um, Ocarina of Time, which I know you've played. Yeah. Um, but where, like, I could, you could go through that playing only the main bits and, you know, finish it and it'd be totally fine and still get a, a fair amount of uh, a gameplay out of it. But then there is that wider world where you can, like, try to get all the gold skull tokens and, you know, if you hate yourself right. or whatever, you know. That yeah. sort of stuff, where whereas this one, you know, the it, they didn't quite decouple some of that, so that way, you know, you're like, I can't, I can't move forward because I don't know what part of this to blow up, you know. 
Yeah, and 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 the last thing I'll I'll say about this uh, before we talk about audio a little bit is uh, this kind of game in in defense of your position, this is not wildly popular. Most mm. gamers seem to find this sort of game frustrating or at least just not enjoyable um, because if you ask anybody who likes this kind of game and they tell you like, Oh, what's your favorite one? They're probably going to say either super Metroid or Castlevania symphony of the night. The newer of which is still like 22 years old. <laughs> so, and and they have made other games like this for like the game boy Vance, And I think they did a couple on the three DS. They don't have quite the same reach as like a home console release. And, and there aren't a lot of like computer games that are like this. There's some like PC master race games, but it's, like this is not a super popular genre because it requires a not just a certain combination of video game playing skills but a certain disposition of the player and there's a enough enough of like a confluence of requirements that eventually you're like eh, the list of potential uh, customers for this game is not that large compared to like a Super Mario World or a Tetris where freaking everybody understands, everybody seems to enjoy it. It has nearly universal appeal. So, like, I'm, I mean, you're dumb and wrong, and I, this this, <laughs> this kind of game is great. But like, I I absolutely understand. Like, yeah, no, the market seems to have spoken here. There is a there is a game that came out recently that I am totally blanking on the title of. So I'm really hoping that you can help me remember. <laughs> um, it's a it's a roguelike. Um, but it definitely has some of those similar elements of like, like exploring an area. And basically it's, it's, it is distinctly survival horror. Um, and are you thinking of don't starve? No, it's not. Don't starve. It's uh you, you are like a mansion keeper, like a caretaker for a mansion and you're sending in heroes to go like clear out the badness in the mansion and you, your characters can slowly go insane console no that's gonna bug me but anyways we, we, can, we can talk about that later but this, uh th that is game because i actually downloaded it recently and it it definitely pulls back on some of the the you know puzzly mechanics like that this has but uh i i particularly enjoyed it just because of the deep realism of it while it it, it didn't like crush you under it but you 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 get together a, a group of four people and you go, you know, dungeon spelunking. But as your heroes go from point A to point B in the dungeon and th you can like go all over the place, like, you know, you have to be like, I don't want to go down this hallway because my leader is about five punches away from snapping mentally <laughs> and yelling at everybody, which causes them to snap mentally and then lose their minds. And it's like, so you actually like it's it's it'd be like Metroid, but if you couldn't go fully exploring because if you did, Samus would lose her mind. So and that and sounds that, like it'd be up your alley. Well, and yeah, because I mean, I I played Don't Starve, which also has a sanity mechanic, and that's a common thing. Like Silent Hill, I think did that. Like that's mm -hmm. that's a as a common thing in survival horror to have a sanity mechanic because then you don't know if the world is actually evil or if you're just losing your grip on reality, which is like a cool gameplay mechanic and yeah it's a cool way to affect the player and also like do weird things with the game because you can break your own rules because yeah. you don't have to create a universe in which you know cats can steal your wallet but as your sanity gets low enough you imagine cats are stealing your wallet so like you can do interesting stuff but i feel like i don't think that mechanic was 
popularized at the time this game was made, but I think that would be another thing that would like push it too far into horror because Samus is not out of her depth, but right. she's also not, it's not a walk in the park, but she's also yeah. not guaranteed failure. Cause like yeah. a true survival horror game is like you succeed against all odds. Whereas if like you're successful at all. Yeah, exactly. But whereas like <laughs> Mario and Mega Man, like, they're the good guys. They were always going to win. It was right. just a matter of time. So like it's the the fact that this kind of falls in the middle where it's not an extreme empowerment or extreme disempowerment is maybe what makes it seem kind of kind of waffly like eh, I don't know how to feel about this. Yeah. Yeah, no, I definitely uh I I definitely agree with 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 that. And like I said, you know, I I think that the visuals support it. Um on the uh the uh uh, sorry, <laughs> the audio note just completely lost my train of thought there for a second. Um, as far as that that goes, I, I didn't have too many notes. The main one being that I feel, and you know, as we've established, this was what they were going for. Um, that the the audio also did not feel particularly epic. Like the sound effects weren't particularly epic, and the music wasn't particularly epic. As far as I got. Now, that being said, when I watched player two play, I was like, oh, man, this is like awesome because, <laughs> you know, he's fighting like these huge big bads. But I just I, I didn't get that far because <laughs> all of that, all that raw surging monotone just made me wonder why I should give a damn. <laughs> so so this is something that I, I could sum up my feelings on the music as I love every single piece of music in this game. Like it's all it's all wonderful. I feel like it all serves its master and if you look at it on kind of a, a continuum, when you first land on Zebus, 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 Zebs, uh, I always thought Zebs. I always pronounce it Zebs. When I you first land in America, there's America, yeah. America. <laughs> so I, I just realized that I am subtly implying that this incredibly hostile, unwelcoming planet full of pirates is like <laughs> analogous to the United States. And uh, swear I didn't do that on purpose. I did that on purpose. <laughs> anyway, when you first land on the planet, that area, like that that topmost area, is the only area of the game where there is empowering music. I mean, literally the only. It's like you're almost like your theme music. It's there's trumpets and like it's it's pretty grand. And then the second you get out of there, it gets a little like sci-fi kind of like exploring a dank cave and then like when you're in Norfair it sounds like you're in hell like there's it's like pounding like uh orchestra it's I think it's called an orchestral strike where it's just like chords of like duh duh like over and over mm. and like yeah and then like the there's um most of the rooms where you get new items have like uh, an incredibly rudimentary melody that's kind of like techno-y music it's just like random computer sounds almost. And and it's like, oh, because I'm all like technologyed out. I have like my super suit on. And like there's a room where I get more technology from my suit. So it sounds all like technology room. And now, sorry, now I just I, I would pay money for in one of those rooms, Frozone to come out and be like, where is my super suit? <laughs> it's like and then say, yeah, you know, it's like I put it in the wash. It's like, why would you do that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah 
Yeah, he did ruin the phrase super suit forever, but it was already yes. kind of a silly phrase. It, it it is a silly phrase, but now anytime <laughs> you say the phrase super suit, you're you're Yeah, you you immediately go to frozen. Yeah. yeah. Um but there there's a very, very sharp contrast in the the one place that has even borderline like upbeat hero music is right when you're near your ship and you first arrive. And mm-hmm. then everything else is not just atmospheric, but is like dark and 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 contributes to the the visual aesthetic. But it also is like a constant. Um, it's not. It's it's sci-fi music. Like it's not horror music, but it's definitely like I am in a strange place. This is this is not of my kind, right? Because it's different to be in a haunted house where it's like mm. I I I know what houses are. Like I'm, you know, like I'm in a familiar place that is doing unfamiliar things. Whereas the planet you're on in, in super Metroid is an unfamiliar place. Like right. nothing. I'm technically you were there in the first game, but you know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it's an alien world that's in, you know, inhabited by aliens. So it's the music is, and because there's no dialogue and because the, there isn't constant gunfire and like your steps don't make noise and things you actually hear most of the music. So it does a good job of reinforcing like, this is how you should feel right now. You should feel like you're in hell and the air is killing you right now. You should feel like you're underwater and your movement is restricted. And and there's, I don't know. It just, it felt really obvious. Like you are always super aware that there's music, but it's, it doesn't, it's not uh it's not immersion breaking. You're not like, why do I hear elevator music everywhere I go? <laughs> and I think that that one of the things I've noticed as we've as we've done these is that I seem to not pick up as well on the music as I do on the sound effects, you know? Like those just for whatever ping to me harder than the music. Cause for the music, like I said, like I and I didn't get wildly far in this game, but I just I remember, especially in Brinestar, I just didn't really care for the music. It just kind of seemed mostly innocuous. Now the one in in New Jersey, I like I liked <laughs> New Jersey's music because that one that was pretty intense. And uh and like I said, later on I saw player two in New Jersey and like that and I was just like, Oh man, this is the music. Like this is this is what I was looking for, you know. Um but that being said, the uh the sound effects again, you know, like whenever I'd kill a bad guy or, you know, run around and fire or, you know, like you put down your bomb and it goes like, bloop, and then, you know, the bomb goes off. And it's like, and you're like, Oh, okay, cool. You know, that, that was a thing that happened. And then, you know, like, like I said, all of that just kind of like the sound effects, I was just kind of like, Oh, okay. You know? And I think too, though, again, it, it just kind of, when I saw player two playing, I did notice a lot of the sound effects get more intense as your weapons get more intense. But one of the things, and I <laughs> I got into it disproportionately with somebody recently about um, whether or like the amount, how high the cost of entry needs to be on a thing before it's too high, you know? <laughs> okay. So like, and and the, the, the thing that we were talking about in particular was... Um, uh, what's that new kung fu thing? I f- Iron Fist. I oh, already... the, the Netflix show. Yeah, yeah. Don't know <laughs> your already, thoughts on it. Already washed your hands on that. I apparently like my my brain was like, <laughs> my brain said kung fu hustle and it's like no dude you like kung fu hustle. It's like no 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 and then like like I had to pull back the bait the carpet over the baseboards lift up the baseboards. <laughs> 
<laughs> um, yeah, because apparently that show gets really good in the last two episodes. And I'm like, that's great. That's unacceptable because, you yeah. know, I'm 10 hours into it. I don't want the last two to be awesome. I mean, even if it's an eight episode arc, it's like I want to spend six, six episodes, six hours waiting for two good ones, you know? So I don't because, again, I didn't get very far. I don't know where Metroid strikes in that kind of area. But, you know, again, like I was just kind of like, OK, waiting to because when I got the the charge blast, I was like, this is going to be awesome. And then I fired it and I was like, oh, OK, you know? Yeah, I, I would say your your visual and auditory growth is fairly linear, assuming you progress at a fairly linear pace. Like which the, I did not. I got stuck regularly. <laughs> but I mean, if you if you if every time you get stuck, you get stuck for roughly the same amount of time. So it's like, oh, there's roughly an hour between cool upgrades or there's roughly 10 minutes between cool upgrades. But if it's 10 minutes, an hour, five minutes, six hours, like between cool upgrades, then it, it gets weird. Right. Because you don't have this kind of consistent growth curve um, and it. I don't I can't critique the design of the game well enough to say that things are perfectly evenly distributed, but they're if I think you, they were fairly evenly yeah, distributed from what I experienced. Yeah, yeah I, I would say it's it's pretty well done. And by the end of the game, you don't actually feel super powered because most of the visual changes are very minor. The auditory changes are actually a little bit more significant. Um and and the I guess your gun looks pretty different when it fires, but like you just look a slightly different color because you're right. in your air doesn't kill me suit. Um, I like that suit. I, I I have found that I do not care for 100% of the places where the air kills me. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Uh, <laughs> the Yelp reviews are terrible. Yeah, one star would not breathe again. <laughs> but it's, uh, yeah, it, I agree with you that you, you start out so grossly underpowered that it's a little disconcerting mm. because and you your your gun looks and sounds wimpy and it doesn't do that much damage to enemies and then the the next two upgrades you get just get it to like passable and then after like, that you start fighting a large enough range of enemies because you have to do some backtracking that you're like oh these are the enemies that even with my kick-ass gun take like a bajillion shots or more you know more shots but then all of this whole other area, everything is one shot, right? So right. You, you start to feel your growth a little bit more as the game goes on. Yeah, and also, too, so um, Metroidvania, that type of double-backing, backtracking, don't, don't care for any of that. Also, too, though, I'm not a huge fan, and I think it's just because my spatial reasoning is not amazing, you know? <laughs> so, like, I'm not a huge fan of spatial puzzles, and I, I know this for a fact, because if there is one thing that I have done a number of times and I've been horrible at it every time to escape the room, I am <laughs> I am awful at that stuff, man. Really? I also have been, oh, yeah. No, just 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 terrible because it's like a puzzle and I tend to overthink it. And, you know, like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm just and this is very similar in the sense it's and so like as I was watching player two go through it and he's like getting all of these items and all this other sort of stuff. And like you said, like you now get to interact with the environment more. I'm like, that's making it worse in my mind. Because, 
it's like, oh, good, there's more, there's puzzle solving, which I didn't like. And now the puzzles are getting more complex and lengthy, and I might have to backtrack more. It's like, this is just piling more of what I don't like on top of this, this thing that I didn't really like to begin with. So as I said, the more that we're talking about, the more I'm like, I think this was like the perfect cocktail of stuff I'm awful at. But for the record, I am undefeated on Escape the Rooms. Never lost. Because is, is there I, like a weird asterisk on the end of that trophy? I exclusively play with a group of people that are really good at <laughs> So I don't think that there's an asterisk so much as it is like I was just playing for the Chicago Bulls and it doesn't matter <laughs> that I never actually played. Yeah. So you're you're the winningest towel boy. Oh yeah. No, I I, I <laughs> all I can do is just try to actively not hinder. And I think the last time we did it, one of the guys we were with was like, Hey George, you want to come help me, help me with this puzzle? I'm like, dude, you don't gotta, you don't have to do that, man. <laughs> no, nah, man, I'm just, I'm just happy to be here. You don't have to be like, come here, champ. You can hold it. No, I'm good. Like, <laughs> you, don't, you don't need to like, like force my participation. I'm enjoying watching you guys be awesome. Like just, that's fine. I'm, so I don't I don't want to go on too crazy of a tangent, but I'm curious if you have an idea why you would find the puzzles in a Zelda temple fun and engaging, and the puzzles in a, like a Metroidvania tedious and frustrating. Because I mean, there's obviously some differences, and there's one specific one I'm thinking of, but I kind of want to hear if you have an an idea about why these things feel different. My best guess, and actually I thought about it too, um, because there is backtracking in games like Mega Man X, right? Is I think it's because like in a Zelda game, all of the puzzles are in the dungeon. You know, like that's the mini challenge, right? So I know that if I need to, if I have access to this dungeon, normally Zelda's pretty good about like not letting you get too far in the gate if you don't need if you don't have the item that you'll need in order to beat it or the items, right? So I know that generally they won't let me get too far into a place where I can't solve the puzzle, you know? And so once I'm in the temple, right, I know that I have everything I need and it's in this amount of space. Whereas a game like Metroid, it could literally be the entire world is open the entire time. So that's too much for me. It's, it's too big of a space to play in. Okay. Now that I mean, and this is exactly the distinction I was thinking of, which is when you walk into a room in Zelda, most of them, there are a couple exceptions, but when you walk into most temples or, or puzzle rooms in a temple in Zelda, you know, you have all of the pieces to solve the puzzle and it's just a matter of working it out. When you walk into a room, you can't progress further in, in Metroid, you may have all the pieces, you may not, you may, maybe you weren't even supposed to come this way and you'll have gotten two or three other power-ups before you come back here because you actually need a combination of tools you don't have. Exactly. And, yeah, yeah, so that, th th that distinction is significant, right? I mean, that leads to completely <laughs> different game design. Yeah, absolutely. And some people, like I said, are great at that kind of reasoning and they love that type of problem solving. And I just, I, I don't, it's just, it's, I get, I get too overwhelmed with it, especially like, so again, to juxtapose it to Mega Man in Mega Man, there's backtracking, right? But I know I won't have to backtrack effectively before the beginning of the level. That's impossible. Right. Right. So the thing is, it's like, okay, well, let's say I get this new power up. I'm like, I wonder if I need to use this new power up in this area. Like, I'll just 
go to that area. I'll play through the whole area. And if I don't find a place to use it, then I'll just check that one off on my list, you know, right. as opposed to this one where I effectively I'm like, I got a new power up. I now need to explore the known universe, you know, and that's that's and, and that's the problem is that that's the way my I, I mentally attack that kind of problem is to explore mean, the known universe. Brute not, force. Yeah, basically. It's <laughs> like, yeah. And, and that's not the way to do that but that's just the the way my brain immediately says like oh this is the best way to handle this and it's like no and no yeah and it it is i think this kind of game design is interesting in an era before things like game facts because i i may have even done this and i just don't remember but i guarantee you there were kids all over who had like a spiral notebook and, you know, mm-hmm. they were like, okay, on this part of the map, there was obviously a wall that I could go through, but when I tried to shoot it, it showed me a symbol for a tool I don't have, right? right. Or, or something. So, like, and and I haven't spent a lot of time doing that kind of uh, full immersion, fourth wall breaking, where I'm, like, taking my own notes, but... I could imagine actually enjoying playing a game like that, especially if I knew going into it, if somebody said like, listen, the way this game is designed, you're going to be expected to like remember way more than you could possibly fit in your head. And Mm. you will enjoy it if you like write things down. And then you could even have like little cues in the game. Like you don't want to get too corny, but imagine like the first time uh, you walk through the big glass tube room that they remark like, oh, it's a big glass tube room. That's weird. And then maybe like the third or fourth time you walk through the big glass tube room, she remarks on that there's like a crack in the glass. Right. Right. Like, so there, there are ways you could, and I mean, Super Nintendo didn't have that kind of, it would all have to be text and then it would call way too much attention to itself because it halt gameplay. But like, I, I think there's something to be said there that could make it more approachable for someone who's not adept at that kind of thinking. But then if you also don't derive joy from solving these kinds of puzzles, it's like, Hey, what if we took this thing that you're so bad at that you would have given up on (laughs) and we make you just barely competent enough to succeed, but you still won't enjoy it. Yeah, exactly. It's just kind of like, Oh, Oh, it's like, yeah, it's just kind of like, Oh yeah. You know, I, I, I really, really hate the taste of ice cream, but it's just as good because it uh, because of the fillings in my teeth. I can't eat it. It's like, okay, well, how about this? We've made warm ice cream. Nope that yeah, that no. still doesn't address the core <laughs> problems. Just I don't like the taste. Yeah, solving the wrong that, issue here. I do think that leads us um, nicely nicely into gameplay. And so before I forget, I do want to talk about the one place where I I really felt the gameplay kind of dicked me over. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and this is again, you know, just like I said, like I, this is not necessarily all the game. This is I, I will take responsibility for my own lack of skill in this type of thing. But um, I got stuck pretty badly um, at one point in what do we say it was? It would be Schenectady. I got stuck really, <laughs> really badly in Schenectady because so there's an area where there's like a top four bottom floor in like the same room and you go walking across the top floor and there are spikes across the top. And if you step, once you step on a certain area, the ground gives out below you and it drops you down to the bottom floor. Basically that's the puzzle. Right. So I was like, okay, 
um, well, let me try a number of different things. And so I, I jumped, went back up there and like, I tried just like, you know, just holding forward to see if I could just outrun it. And the answer was no. And so I was like, okay, well maybe I'm supposed to like bomb and then jump over it. And I did that. And then the next thing it, I spent about 15 minutes using everything I knew that I had at my disposal <laughs> to try to do this. You know, the answer hmm. B button makes you run. Did not know that. Oh, yeah, I know exactly which hallway you're talking about. Yeah, and yeah. The, the the thing that made it even worse, um, to the point where, like, I actually was like, this is as far as I get, because I was like, maybe I just, I don't know what I'm doing wrong, is because I queued it up on YouTube, right, to, to watch it, to see what I'm doing wrong, and I watched him run across, I watched Player 2 run across the thing, and I was like, that's what I'm doing, because <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't very quickly or easily see the difference in the speed, you know? Yeah. So I didn't know that he was pressing an additional button. And so I was just kind of like, it, it took me a while. And then I had to look it up. And I and, and I think I looked up like how to run or something like that. And then it was like, you press the B button. I was like, hmm. So this is something I will, I'm not excusing the game. I'm more blaming modern gaming because in a modern game, you would never have gotten out of the first 10 feet without being forced to know what the run button was. And there's a really good chance it would be ham-handed and they would shove in your face like a pop-up or some terrible dialogue that's like, you know, soldier, make sure to hold B to escape those incoming shells. And you'd be like, oh, I hold B to run. Okay, right? And th there's some benefit to that because then, like, you know, right? Because right. you kn the game knows you know because they shoved it down your throat. Whereas... In, in defense of, of older games, because that never, ever happened, like, ever, ever, there was no game that ever did that, one of the first things you know to do as a video game player is press all the damn buttons. And and, and I feel yes. like we don't do that. Like, we, I, when we were talking about uh, NBA Jam, and you were like, yeah, you just press pass twice. And it's like, yeah, the game doesn't tell you that because a kid would have just kept pressing buttons. And so here's here's my minor defense of myself. And and then because I'm, I'm a big fan of the idea of you don't have a problem until you have a solution, then it's just the state of things, right? <laughs> um, is one is I did I did press all the buttons. The problem is that that one has to be pressed while pressing another button. Right. You know, and, and it's until you get a specific power up later, it's the only button you press and hold. Right. So, I mean, that's the thing is I pressed, you know, I pressed A, that made me shoot. I was like, okay. And then uh, let's say, hang on. It was A makes you shoot, X makes you jump. Y didn't do anything to the best of my knowledge. Um, uh, y has a, a kind of unique function. Uh, once you have missiles, super missiles, super bombs, uh, the grappling hook, and the, the scope, um, you, the, you can only scroll through those things in one direction. And several of them affect your ability to shoot enemies. Right. So regardless of which one you're on, if you press Y, it cancels out of that menu and returns oh, nice. you the, returns you the regular gun. Interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, didn't know that. But uh, also, I didn't get far enough to the point where that was a problem. It's like, <laughs> well, you see, the, the Y button gives you a secondary wallet when your wallet is overflowing <laughs> with hundreds. It's like I, I have never... <laughs> never had that problem. <laughs> never never had a wallet too small for my hundos. <laughs> so uh, I'm good. Um but so I, did, I pressed B and it just didn't do anything. And so since like Y and B didn't do anything and, you know, we have played NBA Jam where some of the buttons just don't do stuff. I was like, all right, these these buttons don't do anything. 
so and then and I just wrote it off. Um, so my my solution to the problem would be since this game is very power up heavy and that that room is relatively early on, make the ability to run a power up and just give it to the player and then say like you got the run power up press B and left and right to run because they do that with everything else. Right. So that yeah. would be like in keeping with the mechanics they're already using. And then, and then like literally just put that right before that room and then be like, and now here's the room where you have to use it to make, so we can make sure that you got that information. Yeah. If it, if it makes you feel any better, it's, and I'm not blaming the game. I'm, I'm willing to bring myself down to your level, which is <laughs> even having played this game a bunch of times, like a bunch, a bunch of times, you do actually get like a super run power up later. I which, saw player two have that. It looked awesome. Oh, it's super cool. Um, and you can do like a cool, like super jump with it. Um, and it hurts you, which is an interesting mechanic. Like when you hit the wall, you take damage. Nice. Um, yeah, but it's, uh, so I knew that was coming like way later in the game. And then I was moving and I was like, Jesus Christ, you move really slow <laughs> before you get the super run. And I was like, wait a minute. Isn't there like a normal run? And then like I held B down and I was like, idiot. Oh my God. Cause I'd probably been playing for like 45 minutes before I was like, God, I'm moving so slow. Right. Because I'm not running. Yeah. <laughs> actually, uh, a similar. So, so, and then in defense of this game, modern gaming has a similar problem where, so, um, uh, so, you know, I play Overwatch, right? It's a great game. It's fun. Um, used to play Battleborn until I realized that it's a poor man's Overwatch. So <laughs> we, we, we stopped playing that game. We started playing Overwatch, but then Overwatch was doing something. So we were like, oh, let's play some Battleborn. Let's go back to that. And not only was the game intolerably worse, like you can't go back. It's, it's flowers for Algernon, yeah. just all over the place. One direction only. <laughs> Yeah, no, like you, you can upgrade, but then you can't. Like, I couldn't go back to like I, I love the apartment that we lived in when we were in college. I couldn't live there again now. Nope, like, nope, nope, nope. Um, so that it's, being said, it was only a great place to live with nostalgia goggles. I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, Just, no. <laughs> um, so in uh, in 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 Battleborn, though, so in Overwatch, you move at your you, whatever the rate your character moves at, right? In Overwatch, or sorry, in Battleborn, um, there's a run button and it's R3. And uh, no, no, <laughs> no, the the analog stick buttons are not real buttons. Yeah, it's R3, and uh, and so I completely for and so it's like, oh my god, it's like moving through molasses. Why are my controls so unresponsive? I was like, hang on, and then I hit R3 and started running, and I was like. Okay, two things. One, in the FPS, there's no reason to ever be moving less than as fast as you possibly can. And two, I'm just angry at everybody right now. So, yeah. Now, that's not only is that the wrong type of game to have a distinction between normal movement and sprinting at full speed, because that distinction is irrelevant when it's a game like that. But R3 is maybe the worst. You just, you don't, uh, yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I didn't, I wasn't th like was that alone makes me never even want to try this game because anyone oh, who does don't try battle. Yeah. And anyone oh. who would design that into a game has lost my respect. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's battleborn is just, and it's not great. So while we're on this tangent, there's, <laughs> it, it, it just, it just shows you what minor things, you, what minor changes you can make to a game to make it go from like being claw your eyes out terrible and being awesome. Like, and one of the big ones between these two is that 
Battleborn, when you're waiting for a match with their very unfortunately now dwindling, you know, support base, right? It just sits there and goes like matchmaking, and you just get to hang out and twiddle your thumbs and while that happens. Overwatch puts you into a skirmish where you get to run around the map and shoot at random people while you wait. So while you're waiting to play the game, you get to play the game. Yup. And so that 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 makes it tolerable. But anyways, we polish digress. It's a thing. Um, so I guess the last thing, you know, we always kind of touch is like, did it hold up? And I, I mean, I'll, I'll let you have a rant if you have a rant in you. Um, but I, I can just quickly and very honestly say like, I have been playing this game pretty much my entire life. Uh, like I have with like Mega Man X and Super Mario World and, and, you know, certain games where I just keep going back to that well over and over. And even though there were, I don't know, two or three times where I had to, go to game facts. Cause I was like, I can't be bothered to remember this. Like, I just, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to remember how to solve this puzzle. I just want to play this game. So th- there were a couple times where it, it wasn't immediately obvious to me what I needed to do, even though I've played the game like a thousand times. Um, I still found it every bit as enjoyable, which is significant in for like a, a personal nostalgia standpoint, because I've actually gone up an entire console generation since the last time I played this. Like I only had a PS three before, now I have a PS4 and actually a Nintendo Switch. I got a Nintendo Switch. Did I tell you this? I, I, I saw it via via your social media. Oh, on the social meets, as yes. John Hodgman calls them. It, yeah, right? It's gross. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but it, it's it's the fact that every, you know, I played this when it was new, and then when I had a PlayStation, and then when I had a PS2, and then a PS3, and then a PS4, and even though the game is obviously not changing, it's... I enjoy it every bit as much every time. And eventually I will probably age out of it where like my reaction won't be good enough. Um, but I, I still am tapping my toes along with the music. I still like the, the visuals. Like it's hundred percent holds up now. Awesome. I would always then say like, would I recommend it? And something I don't know if we've ever actually hashed out before is like, Oh yeah. If you like these kinds of games, but this particular kind of game, like I think someone already knows if they like this kind of game (laughs) and because it's not a huge library has already played this game. So I guess I would, I would recommend this to someone who already knows they liked it to go back and play it again. It it does hold up. Okay. So that, that, that was, that was beautiful, dude. So, um, (laughs) my, my, my rant, does it hold up? Ready? Yeah. Uh, Yes. (laughs) <laughs> yes no i mean honestly i, I <laughs> did, did i like it no i i i, I kind of wanted to claw my eyes out a little bit but that's a function of me not liking this <laughs> game you know like it, it it's it's very much so if somebody says you know hey do you do you do you like coffee and it's like no but do you like these you know like kind of like warm bitter things yeah you'll probably like coffee. So if somebody said to me like, oh man, I, I really love cancel Castlevania, Castlevania. <laughs> Shut Castle- it all down. <laughs> oh man, that that's going to be my retort. Now, if ever, ever somebody says like, I like Castlevania pff, more like Castlevania. Anyways, but if somebody's like, I, I really like the Castlevania series or, you know, something like that. I'd be like, Oh, you should probably, have you tried super Metroid? And if they were like, no, I really haven't. I'm like, that's going to be up your alley. So, or if somebody's like, oh yeah, I really like, if somebody said like, I really like puzzle games or even the old school, uh, what was those, the adventure games, you know? 
Oh yeah, like the click, you know, use baby on lake. Yes. That kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> but okay. I just realized after I said that out loud that if you don't know the source material, that sounds really horrible. Uh, <laughs> so there's a Homestar Runner game that is is a parody of those kind of adventure games. And one of the things you have to do is throw a baby into a lake. You don't you don't have to lie, man. You don't have to throw a Homestar <laughs> Runner under the bus for your <laughs> Like Homestar never did that. You're a monster. <laughs> um, but yes, if 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 people like throwing babies in the lakes, apparently, then they would also like Metroid. No, I like that. So if people like the, <laughs> then they would like Metroid. No, but I mean, if they like that type of you know like spatial reasoning, problem solving, if they it it's nice because like this is a particular genre of thing that I don't like, but I like it because. If people say like, yeah, I never really got into video games. This is the type of thing I liked. It might be like, you know what? This is actually something that you might enjoy because it is more niche. So you may not have played it. And it does speak specifically about the things that you say you like about games in general or puzzles. Um, I think it's very approachable. I think it's very playable. Um, I hated it. But, (laughs) (laughs) But does it hold up to modern games? Absolutely. So, yes, it does hold up. Well, and I, you've you've dropped an unintentional gem of wisdom here right at the 11th hour because <laughs> I never once thought of a Metroidvania game as the action extension of an adventure game, but it totally is. It is absolutely the same kind of like, here's a big map, but it's not really the whole map. Here's some tools, but you're going to get a lot more tools. And sometimes you're going to be somewhere where the object is to stick a fork in the electrical socket, but you don't have a fork. (laughs) But later when you get a fork, you have to remember to come back here and put in the socket. Like that's the exact same kind of gameplay from like Day of the Tentacle and Maniac Mansion, which, ooh, maybe we should play one of those. <laughs> you would hate that even more because it's also slower. Um, oh, yay. <laughs> so, but, the one thing I liked about this <laughs> But it, it's that exact same kind of thinking, and then it adds in you also need the what we would think of as like a video game dexterity. Like you have to be able to run and jump and shoot, and that's kind of awesome because I never linked those two genres, but I think they are – pretty inextricably like one is definitely an evolution of the other i'm, I'm glad that i could like ham-handedly stumble into something <laughs> that's like going to to like be like no no we need to think more about this it's like oh yeah it's cool like i, I was just saying stuff but uh but yeah so so in the same vein of you know long form um you know puzzle solving and you know like uh you know, spatial reasoning and, 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 and especially that, that theme of green, you know, that just pervades the thing. I think maybe day of the tentacle for the next one. Day of the tentacle. Day of the tentacle. (laughs) The curtain falls. The music plays. The credits roll. Then it all fades to black. And you're left by yourself. The fanfare is gone There's no player two There by your side to share victories won But as you slowly progress Down the hall to your bed A few great events Leak back into your head From the time that you spent Traversing the land 
battling evil, fighting the darkness, just sword in hand. Your memories creep in with the end of a smile.